Welcome to the Rev Thinking Podcast, the creative and business minds behind the world's best studios in motion, production, and sound. Here, we believe the best way to deal with the future is to create it. I'm Tim Thompson. Today is a topic that's really close to my heart. There is so much that we do in this industry for others, running a business and delivering and bringing on employees and the care we give to them. But we honestly don't talk enough about the realm outside of our business, our personal life, our family life. But today is one of those moments we're gonna break that mold. Jenny Davis and Casey Smith are two mothers of MoGraph. Jenny is the founder and creative lead at Drex Studios in Toronto. And I recently got to visit her there and hear her story personally. It was great. And Casey Smith, not too far north of me here in Eugene, Oregon, is a motion designer and a TA at School of Motion. And these two ladies have found themselves in the middle of a revolution. And where better place to talk about a revolution than RevThink? We get to hear the story of what it meant to find their personal journey and need for this community that they started and hear and be inspired by other people at conferences that are being forward and talking about it. What they're doing together in the Mothers of MoGraph community group and the work that's possible coming up through their group. I'm excited to see where it's going to grow and we wanna be part of it in every way. But today let's hear the story and get behind this amazing movement that's taking place. Welcome Jenny Davis and Casey Smith. You guys have started a wildfire. This is fun. Casey started this. She posted a post on LinkedIn asking if there were other, any other mothers in motion graphics, which um, I don't know how much you are aware, but like motion graphics is, there's not a lot of women in motion graphics, especially when we had started. And finding mothers has been <laughs> difficult. It's like spotting a unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, and it was kind of, she posted it about a week after Dash Bash went, and I was like completely hyped up on, on everything that I had heard there. And I responded to her and, and the rest is kind of history. We kind of just, we had a, we, I'd never met Casey before. We had a really great chat and the next day, best friends, we launched this poll and we were like, we're doing yeah. this and we had complete faith in one another that this was going to be something. So Casey, what is it? What is it you were looking for when you posted that first? Or I had been doing a lot of reflection on kind of what my role is in the industry in general. Obviously, I'm a creator. We do those things, right? But um, quite a few of my friends were soon-to-be moms and or just new moms. And, um, you know, this is really the first time I had kind of seen uh, like more than more than one mom in a in a space that I'm in in this industry um and I I really was thinking about how difficult it was for me especially in those early days when when my daughter was baby and how isolated I felt during that entire time I didn't I had I had quite a few women um friends in the industry and and companions but most of them were childless like I, in fact, I don't know that any of them had kids, if I'm being honest. I didn't have anybody to talk to or to bounce these these unique challenges that we face as moms in this industry. Like, I felt like I was treading like uncharted waters <laughs> the whole time. So Amanda Russell was at Camp MoGraph last oh, year. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. From Cream. She's incredible, right? Yes. Um, she was up on that stage and they were asking her all kinds of questions. And... um. And I remember that this was the first time I had seen a mom 
on a stage talking about her life and what she's done in this industry and how dang successful she was at it. So I raised my hand. I was so nervous. Oh my God, I was shaking, like shaking. And I raised my hand and I asked a question and I asked, I was like, how do you, how are you doing it? How are you, how are you juggling your family life and your career? Cause I'm, I'm struggling. Um, and she had given me an answer, but it was kind of an answer like, well, I don't really know, <laughs> you know? So, um, I reached out to her after and I had let her know how impactful that, that moment was for me because it was truly the first time I had seen myself in somebody on a, on a stage like that. Um, so fast forward another year and I'm still thinking about these things and I just, I, I knew there had to be other moms out there, but it was really hard to find them. I think a lot of moms are not necessarily bragging about being moms in this industry because it could potentially affect whether they get hired for a job or not, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I want to talk about that. It's interesting. And in a, in a way, it's good to set the stage in that perspective, right? Because mm-hmm. the two of you are really calling out this idea of mothers in motion, right? Um, mm-hmm. And what it means to be a parent, but specifically a mother in this industry. And the I don't know whether that would be it's right to word to say to burden or you know you know I don't know life balance or whatever that thing is that's pulling us in multiple directions and in a very unfair way the industry is very demanding on our personal time as well as our professional time and from from an outsider uh, now honestly being a consultant for 20 years and coming up against this question over and over again is can you do both? Can you be a, a parent, a mother in a space and produce motion graphics with the demands of the, at the professional level that we're all, that you're operating on? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the hard part, right? Jenny, it looks like you're about to say something. So I think one of the things that really drew me to this conversation was the fact that I, I just kept on hearing so often that there is an either or. And you either have kids and you drop out and, you know, or you have kids and you become a successful uh, motion designer, animator, VFX, whatever, but you don't have kids. And it was, it was like very black and white and like so many people coming into the industry. That's just, I kept on hearing that. That was really frustrating to me because it shouldn't be an either or. It shouldn't be your career defining whether you want to be a parent or not. It should be you, nobody else, just you. And I don't think that men have the same ultimatum put in front of them. And it doesn't feel that way. No. And we see it a lot. I mean, there's, there's a biological factor. We're, we're not out of commission biologically for uh, months. Absolutely. I'm I'm not putting any blame on it. It's just a fact. Like, it's like, it's just, there is an ultimatum that you feel going into like, like an intense career, especially one where the hours are ridiculous and, you know, you're expected to work 14 and 15 hour days uh, without complaint. And it's just not feasible. So is that the why, because of the demand that's put on people in the industry and the demand itself, a 10, 12, sometimes 14 hour day, you need to commit to just one track and you can't commit to multiple tracks or is there a cultural pressure pressure that's doesn't recognize it? I mean, I think it's it's part of it. I don't think there's like one thing to blame. And it's interesting. I was just reading. There's a Nobel Prize winner uh, last week, and she's uh, 
uh, she's a woman and she was talking about like the, 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 pay, uh, the pay gap and stuff like that. And she was talking about how like this, like you're expected to, you have to work a certain amount of hours and at a specific time of the day in order to get ahead. And as mothers, we can't always do that. And Casey and I have talked about this multiple times where that's why I think a lot of mothers go into freelance in motion design because it's so much more flexible and because there's so much opportunity to to work your own hours and set your own your own goals and like i i know i left my full-time job when i my daughter was um i think she must have been two at the time but because i i couldn't commute for an hour every day back and forth i couldn't like I couldn't leave with my head held high so that I can go pick her up from daycare. Right. Uh, you know, she was sick and I, I you know daycare is like germ galore and they're like <laughs> home. <laughs> it's like the epidemic. It's like, so you're home, like you're home every other day or, or, you know, you're getting called out and, and it w- became very hard to, it became very hard to give my kid to somebody else to take care of when I was going yeah. to a job that I didn't necessarily love. And it just, didn't make sense anymore. And I think a lot of women feel that way. And I think, I think that's the reason why there are a lot of female freelancers. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times, I, I mean, I, I know specifically in 2007, one of my very first uh, studios that I worked with as a consultant was asking me to negotiate with their executive producer who had just had a kid. And this, this woman asked if she could have three months off and small agency, doesn't have a lot of resources, can't afford to pay two executive producers at the same time. There's a demand for the executive producer to keep on bringing in work to be the sales leader. And how do we do it? How do we get everything we need to get done? You know, have this feast and famine um, work style that we often have as studio owners and then support somebody who is, you know, I could use 20 more hours even if they're working 80 hours, I could use 20 more hours of their time if they would give it to me. Um, and how do I support that? And there is a almost a demand structure in the workforce that's drawing against it. Um, and our conclusion was, we're going to have to live within the limits that we can produce. In, in a lot of ways, it started my thinking of your expenses should match your revenue, not always get more and more revenue, not try to achieve more and more and more thinking that's the result. We have to kind of live within the limits. So if this is a priority for the studio, we need to make that an expense that we can cover. Still not comfortable, um, but that's, I mean, come on, that's like 16 years that I've been hearing about this issue. And I feel like there isn't any real progress, even with uh, stay-at-home work, it doesn't seem to be uh, changing very much. I think again, like that's another one of the thing, the reasons why it was important to us to start this group, just to create some awareness and create empathy for for people that are, you know, trying really hard to stay with with their careers and progress and be really successful. And you know, that's why it's like small chicks. If we can make enough noise, <laughs> yeah, then we can get to people that have enough say in the industry and start making and, and like we can actually start making like actual changes. And this doesn't have to be for mothers. I mean, I think disproportionately it affects mothers more. Um, but work life balance should be something that we all strive for yeah yeah this industry does not allow for that and i think we are like if we can set the seed 
and let that like let that sit with some companies now perhaps in the future we will start seeing um, that change and i'm in canada we have very generous math leaves but in even in the slack there's a lot of slack channels out there for women and for motion designers and whatever and there's parenting ones and the amount of times that leading up to starting mothers of mograph that i saw somebody saying that they were let go legally quotation because right. they went on mat leave or they were restructuring which is a word that they like to use when women go on mat leave it was just it's heartbreaking thanks for listening to the rev thinking podcast if you're not already a member of rev community please join us today you'll find unexpected support tap into a network of other business owners and leverage uncommon resources specifically for you the studio owner you can join us right now at revthink.com community so Casey, when you think about the advocacy, it sounds like you are adding a layer to it too, not just having a voice mm-hmm. that says, let's make change, but yours was a, a person-to-person um, understanding of, oh, I I can relate to you as well. It's yeah. a, a care group as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew, I knew what I was, you know, successful in at the time. So I knew, like, I know that it can be done. Um, and then seeing Amanda up on the stage and like running cream studio, which is an incredible studio. Um, it just reinforced for me that like, we need to let people know that this can be, that that it is possible. It can be done. Actually, motion is a great place to be for a mom. In my opinion, um, I can work from home. So I, you know, like if I have to run out and, and grab whatever I need to grab real quick, I can do that. I can, especially when I was freelancing. The flexibility of being able to work in the hours that I am able to work in was invaluable. Um, you know, I could put her to bed and then come in and do another three or four hours of, of uninterrupted work. <laughs> and I think being a mom, you develop a really unique set of skills. And I think that those are worth investing in. So you were talking about, you know, this woman who wanted three months off. Well, I currently am working a full-time role at, a, at an ad agency. And we just had um, someone in our department who had a baby and she was gone for three months. And I would argue that it's a it's a great investment, honestly, because I don't think there was anyone else that could do the job the way that she does it. Mm-hmm. She's incredible. And when she came back, she was full of fire. <laughs> she was ready to go. Sure. And I think, um, you know, these skills that we develop, there's there's definitely a unique set. For me, I know that I can multitask better than I ever have before. I have the patience of a saint these days. Yeah. <laughs> um, Children will teach you. Patience. Yes. 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 <laughs> They're also very honest. So you get yes. a good look at yourself. Um, and there's also, for me, I feel like I'm able to predict what needs are ahead of time because, because of where I am now. And that transfers to client work. I am really great at at getting ahead of what my clients want these days because of these skills I have, you know? So I, I like part of what I wanted um, and what Jenny wants too for, for mom is not only to get some of these women more visible in the industry, but to bring awareness to like, yes, we have a really unique set of challenges, but we also have a really unique set of successes and skills. So that for me is really important. There's something really amazing what you're saying it kind of changes the rules. And I think that's what we're saying here is, is that when given life opportunities, 
people will learn something and we should lean into whatever that gift is, whatever that new genius growth maturity that they've taken on, lean into that and recognize that as a, as a new way of doing business, instead of trying to pull things back to, I don't know what the word might mean, normal or traditional. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I, I'm a parent. I have five kids. Wow. Um, they are all boys. <laughs> so I have five boys all over boys, a 10 year wow. period. Yeah. yeah. And the, my wife was working with me, um, at imaginary forces when she was pregnant with our first, her first kid. And then as you can imagine, um, when it came time for us to have our family, she stayed at home. That's how we could have five kids. I think is part of it is, uh, she, she's a amazing stay at home lady. Um, and we were able to grow our family, but that decision point, I remember that very clearly. And for us, it was an easy decision. It was a life understanding that she always desired. She, it's um, something great for her. But um, after about, I'll say our second kid was born, I had asked the question, wait a second, what kind of parent am I going to be? Because I was working 100-hour weeks. And I remember specifically, my, my wife was pulling out of a, like a, mothers in me class or parent in me class that was happening on Friday mornings. And I went to the owners and I said, can I just take off Friday mornings and go do this class with my, with my kid? And they let me do it. Just take a three hour break in the morning, go there. I was the only dad in the entire class, but what an amazing difference. And it really started changing who I was as a person at the company, because I was in a way acting out a different life balance than this as you can imagine, crazy, crazy, um, I don't know, but it'd be um, gravity field pulling us towards more and more desire to be famous or put in more hours and get more opportunity or whatever that is that you also kind of need to manage in your career. I So for me and my family, we, we ended up in a, diff- a little bit of a different scenario where um, my husband first was, he was the one working full time when my daughter was born. And then the pandemic hit and um, it was pretty scary at first. Obviously, we were all scared about whether we we're going to work or not, but the work picked up really quick for me. And then we were in a position where we actually decided that he was going to be the one to stay home and be the primary parent at home. Um, and and he still is. He has a part time job now, but he works a job where um, he drops my kiddo off at school goes to work he's home before she gets here so oh, we, wow, that's so fun. he's yeah it's per, it's like kind of a really perfect situation honestly and we're really lucky to have that yeah. um but you know that it's funny the the things that come with that and i know like the challenges that he faces are kind of interesting too he, there's a lot of stigma around men staying home with their kids and he faces he faces um some ridicule sometimes and um you know sometimes yeah. not being taken seriously as the primary parent yeah, like and when from he's family up, members, usually it's people that are closest to you. Sometimes are the ones creating the biggest criticism. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, it's 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 really interesting to hear your story, and then also like I'm kind of on the flip side of that. Um, and I've had to work really hard to set boundaries in in my work. And in fact, I've made decisions completely sur- like revolving around the fact that we have a family. Um, I've made lots of career choices based on on the fact that I'm a mom. So yeah, I, I, what happened to me in the long run is actually just quit for life issues. And I honestly quit Mm -hmm. the entire industry. That's when I went to seminary, changed everything I was going to do. And out of that came Rev Think, Mm -hmm. where I kind of realized, oh, serving in a different capacity 
But in a way, the same thing we're talking about is I had to change the rules for my own life. I had to re-engage this industry with different priorities, different position completely. I'm not producing opening credit sequences like I used to, or you know, getting into commercial work, um, or even doing TV show production that I really, really wanted to do when I started this industry, but I found a good position for me. Um, but I think our overall desire is we don't want to have to have everybody change all of their career trajectory. Can't we do what we already love and do and be mm -hmm. accepted um, in that position? I think it's also about creating like a conversation about like ch goals change. Um, you know, when I started in this industry, I was going to work with like, I don't know, whoever in California and, and like that didn't happen, but it very quickly did not, it wasn't my dream anymore. So, and not necessarily, actually it was because of we, I, I knew we wanted to start a family, so I didn't want to have to like travel across the country, but yeah, I think goals, goals change. And, and I know Casey and I have each taken jobs because we wanted to start a family or because of the specific situation we were in at that, at any given point. And having a space to like talk through that and talk through those decisions and and share dreams with people that are going through the same things as we are and they fully understand maybe taking a job that we don't necessarily want but it gives us stability and it's there's no judgment it's just um <laughs> the flag's been amazing it's the amount of support coming from different women and some women including myself and casey have shared really personal things about our lives um, things that I had never spoke about um, with anybody in our industry. I've been able to let that go. And it's it's a huge weight off of my shoulders um, to be able to talk without judgment and without comparison. Mm -hmm. So teach me because it's when you talk about this story, it sounds like it's the stages of grief there. You had a desire for something and specifically parenthood for you is the exact tipping points. So you can identify the moment where you realize the career I thought I was going to have might not be exactly that. And that is a turning point. And you, it's good to have support during that time. Tell me what that's like. Well, I don't know. Like, do you feel like opening RAV is, is grief? I, I don't think that. Well, I guess I'm in like loss, you know, like when you, you have a dream, often I feel like grief comes from i had a desire for one thing and then the rea mm -hmm. and then reality hits and you know it was just a, an imaginary idea of a career anyway yeah. there's no guarantee it was going to happen that's so, right but right. many of us live it out and then at 50 we look back and say i didn't have the career i wanted to but there are sometimes there's moments where that's the moment i couldn't pursue my los angeles you know desire right right i don't think that i have grief i think like i just i've been very lucky um, and, and privileged to have the opportunity to really ask myself, is this what I want? And why is this what I want? Do I want my name on credits of a movie or do I want like financial stability and freedom and work life balance? You know, oh, cool. you, go, yeah. you talk about like on the rev, on the rev podcast, you guys talk a lot about positioning and understanding like your goals and your purpose. And like my purpose went changed from when I was 20 thinking that, you know, being a VFX artist for like Iron Man was like <laughs> the top of the was the top of the world. But now I understand that that's, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that you've made it or that you're successful. Yeah. It just, you know, it's not defining you. It's not defining me. Yeah. And right. I think the way that I run my business now is I'm much more successful than I, I feel like I'm much more successful than I ever had 
thought I would be. That's awesome. And now I understand that I can be a lot more successful than I ever imagined. So, so then what is the, what is the community talk, Casey? Like what, what's happening where you guys are sharing your life story? What, what, what does that allow for if it's, and and maybe each of you might have different experience, but if it's not Mm -hmm. grief experience or just processing, Hey, I wanted something differently. Did you have the same experience as me kind of processing? What is that community allowing um, for you to take advantage of? Um, So the community, like the Slack community itself is a place where we can all kind of commiserate. And, um, and honestly, for me, the most valuable thing I've had out of the Slack community has been um, witnessing all of the successes because there's incredible women in this group. They are, uh, one said that she was like doing motion for the Drew Barrymore show. Um, I mean, we've got, uh, Sarah Beth Morgan in here. We've got like, we've got Haley in here. There's amazing, amazing talent and women in here. So for me, it's like being able to see how, how many people have not only done this, but they're doing it so well has been an invaluable kind of lesson for me. And I think it's helped my confidence in a lot of ways. Um, and then beyond that, you know, we have our outward facing communities with the, the Instagram account and our newsletter. And I think that the rewarding thing there and what that's provided is that we're able to kind of get our stories out to the, to the masses and beyond just the, the motherhood walls, you know, we're trying to break through those and get this information out to the entire community. And so that maybe some changes can be made in terms of work-life balance and not just for us, but for everybody. Um, and also just flexibility. I also want to piggyback off of what Jenny was saying about, um, like the, with the grief, stuff because I also have a similar story where my uh, when my daughter was born my career definitely pivoted a sharp turn I was working in in VFX and I was working on movies and I was having my name in the titles of movies and that's where I was when I decided to have my daughter and um, I think at first I was a little bit sad about the pivot but I realized you know that that success can just look different for different people And I was actually very successful after I left and I was doing these other things. It was just a different kind of success, but it still felt good. You know, like I was, I was able to freelance and support my, my entire family as like the breadwinner. And that felt so good. And then beyond that, I think embracing being a mom has actually provided me more success in this last month, probably. (laughs) than ever because here I am you know doing podcasts with you here I am doing podcasts with motion hatch um you know like Amanda Russell just talked about me and the mom's story on the Adobe Max stage amazing by the way what a great moment yes what so I think actually embracing motherhood which is something I have been so scared to do in my career has actually provided more opportunity than than I've ever had so it's very beautiful there the I'll say the archetype I I put there for maturity through our career because mm-hmm. I I believe there are four major stages of our our creative career. I often talk about them being fame, fortune, and freedom. And in a way, I think the the first desire, working at the famous company, getting our name and credits, is the is our immature self. But it's the one it's externally what we're trying to do, and it gives us the desire to to lean in and go after something because it. It's very apparent. It's very obvious. And the feedback is really, really great. But after a while, we have to actually start making money. We want to, we actually want a family. We, we're great to have a house and we can't just give it all away for, for cheap. So we, 
almost pick up a skill, a specialty, and we grow it or we start a business and we lean into that. It seems to me that the two of you are recognizing this opportunity for freedom isn't necessarily what you might think in an immature way, which is I could choose my clients and I'm the only person that decides the creative direction. That's never true. Never, mm-hmm. not any position anywhere gets to choose <laughs> no. all of it all by themselves. But what it is, is, is a way of structuring who you are specifically and how you engage this industry, this service and offerings you put out there. And this really great thing of freedom is the first stage of our career that involves community. The, it's this thought of like, the minute I give it away is the minute I have more freedom because I'm using more influence to make things happen. And I feel like the, the two of you are recognizing that is one of the great moments of having a voice in this specific area. Yeah, I mean, having a community that that gets it, fully gets it, is is really wonderful. And I, I don't, I don't think I, I don't know what I expected from the Slack, but I'm, I'm really grateful that it exists now. And yeah, it's, it's absolutely that understanding that my freedom is more valuable than any of my previous naive dreams were. Is like, I mean, I go, I go on school trips with my daughter, and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, we, I pick her up when I need to and we go to the doctors and we go whatever. It's like, that's priceless. So, All right. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm so curious about some of this stuff. You have to teach me because I, <laughs> I, I love this industry. I love the people of this industry. Mm-hmm. I specifically believe that we are called for our time and our people for a specific purpose. So I know we're given these moments and you've somewhat discovered at least, you know, at this moment, a voice that needs to be heard. Mm -hmm. But in nearly 20 years of being a consultant, I have worked with mothers and they are business owners. They are often, you know, with their husband as a partner in their business. I want to say more than half the time, a woman business owner is, has a partner, sometimes their spouse, but sometimes another person They're They're rarely solo. But I have worked with solo women business owners who are also mothers. Why don't you know about that? Why Why is it mm-hmm. just being seen today when it seems like it's been around for a while? Now, I have some theories on that. Yeah, I hear it. <laughs> That's why I asked you the question. Yeah. I mean, I think I kind of touched on, on, on my thoughts on that a little bit earlier about, you know, there are these preconceived thoughts about moms as work as employees that we are going to have to leave at four o'clock to go pick up our kid that we are going to have to stay home for sick days um those kinds of things and i think that that uh you know might influence a decision on whether you're going to hire a mom or not or um those kind of things so i think that a a lot of times and not always because i'm i'm certainly not one of them but a lot of times i think moms are not necessarily broadcasting that they're moms. Um, it's not something that they are, you know, shouting, but. But even the business owner mom, it, is the business owner mom afraid she's showing weakness if she says, I care about my family more than I care about the company I'm running? Well, let's take, you know, I'm speaking on her behalf, but like, let's take Amanda Russell, for example. I mean, she's got this amazing studio. She has an, like two amazing partners. It's run there's three of them, so those two women and one man. And up until 2000, what did she say? 2021, she never, they never mentioned that there were women running the show. Like, you know, so like, why didn't they speak up? Because they were afraid. They didn't want to be taken less seriously. They didn't want their achievements to be stifled by the fact that they, you know, that 
oh, it's just because they're, you know, they're women or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and and they didn't so, want like free credit for they being didn't want free credit. They, no. they yeah. wanted yeah. to earn their place like equally. Yeah. They wanted to be and, seen differently no matter what. They just wanted to mm-hmm. be a business owner and not right. have any other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, you know, take LinkedIn, for example, like scowl through it. See how many times you see a dad saying something, something dad and proud father and then scowl through and see how many times you see something something proud mom wait tell me about that you're saying that men will say i'm a proud father but women will not absolutely. say i'm a proud father. Uh, really? absolutely i mean it's there's like a silly tiktok video of a woman that's obviously like the main caregiver and doing a bunch of stuff at home and then uh you know her her, her husband comes in and like puts the dishes away or or picks up the phone to the school and there everybody's like oh you're such a you're such a great dad and she's like wait what i yeah. <laughs> like laundry list of things that she's done in the last five minutes <laughs> no that's not even a joke my wife my wife will make will like prepare every ounce of the meat she gives it to me for 40 minutes or 10 minutes while i put it on a barbecue and i get all the credit for cooking it it's almost ridiculous it's a it's an ongoing joke in our family but there is a funny moment it is there. a joke yeah. but it's like but it's not it's it's, <laughs> it's also reality like there's so many times that you know we women don't get credit for the amount of effort and work that they put into building families it's it's a given to people in our society like you know oh she that's what she should be doing and then you know when it, I, I hate doing this distinction with moms and dads like it's i'm it's i'm yeah. generalizing and like whatever but well you are you are mothers of motion it's okay if we yeah. talk about yeah. mothers specifically uh, yeah, okay. for this it's podcast okay. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i'll do the dad yeah. thing if you, if you need yeah. a dad in here yeah. but you're doing just right. fine yeah, yeah. I was just saying we can only speak to our experience too, you know, like, so we're not trying to speak for like, um, for the fathers of the industry. I know that being a parent in any capacity is difficult. (laughs) We're just trying to explain like what we are facing because I think that you don't see it. Casey, if you knew me personally, this is killing me because I want to think that I have compassion and understanding, but Mm -hmm. I I also know I'm a fool if I even come uh, try to pretend like I know what it's like to be a mother. Uh, that's why I'm curious. I think I've only had a few honest conversations uh, over the over the last years. And again, most people I talk to are business owners. So mm-hmm, right. these are people that are asking me to help them solve some life balance issues, and I get to kind of hear directly from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's oh, time management. Be yeah. more flexible with time. Time doesn't have to be nine to five. Um, but, well, to me, know. it's this conversion to weakness. It seems like a, a couple of times um, in our conversation so far, there's a thought process of if I said this, I would be see- perceived as weak. Or if I asked for time off, I'm perceived as weak or, or needy or have a different label on me than just a person who gets the stuff done and in Casey's case, she's even saying, I get it done ahead of time. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I can, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm good. Forget about like everybody being normal. I'm, I'm beyond that. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, there's a, there is something that is unspoken that are, that feels like it's put judgment on, Certainly. on this I, situation. I mean, for me, a lot of my um, thoughts on these is based on experience and what I've seen. So like I had a job, where um, I watched a, a woman actually lose her job because 
the owner found out that she was pregnant and that's totally illegal, but it's really hard to fight, right? Be, especially here out here in Oregon. Um, it's a at will state. You, they can fire you for whatever they want and they don't have to give you a reason. So it's really hard to prove that, um, that that was the reason, but like it was pretty apparent from everyone else in the room that that was the reason. Cause she was incredible at her job. She was in HR and she, she did, she did such a great job. Um, and so, and then uh, beyond that, you know, like I've had, I've had, I know Jenny has spoken about her experience of like needing to get out the door to go do something for your kiddo and having those looks, those speculations mm-hmm. of you, like getting the judgments, like we feel that we're already we're already putting it on upon ourselves like so much like mom guilt is like no no joke um but then we're also getting these outside um judgments and reflections on things so it's it's based on experience for me and i i think for jenny too but um my wife would get this um this look from the other ladies mm-hmm. and say like <laughs> oh well i'm not super mom like you so maybe and my wife would go like oh. we're talking about super mom like i, I right i'm a, it's hard. Like everything I do is hard. I'm not, it might look easy, but it's, it's difficult or it's hard or it's, you know, at least a lot of dedication. And she often felt like the criticism was coming from other ladies. And I, I don't know. Yeah. You're both shaking your head. I don't Mm -hmm. know why, what, what's happening there that now that you have a voice of community gathered that needs to be said to one another of let's Mm -hmm. stop doing that to each other. Well, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, I, I think, I started realizing that before Mothers of Mograph, but, you know, it's, if you look back, you know, I grew up, I was a kid of the, uh, you know, I grew up, my, my teenager years were in the nineties. And if you look, you look at the girl movies, um, that came out at the time that girls were always pitted against each other. There was mm-hmm. always like the popular group. And then there was the, the, the ugly, whatever girl. And <laughs> the nerd with glasses. The nerd. Yeah. Yeah, the nerd with me, basically. Just take your yeah, glasses yeah. off. You'll be right. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. My glasses on so I can better right along with you. Yeah. Like <laughs> it was always, it was always like, you know, women were pitted against each other and oh, like the cat fight and all of these things. There was never a movie that, but like camaraderie and, and helping each other out. And, and I'm really tired of that because I love w- working with women. In fact, I try to work with women all the time but i think you get to a certain age where you realize like it's not a competition and i don't have to be the most popular kid and it's okay to push others forward as well as myself and we can do that together my wife found a group called mops mother of preschoolers and, <laughs> That's cute. I love that. and uh it was great and in it, part of that structure is they have these mentor moms basically mm-hmm. women who are dedicating their time but also telling the stories of you'll get through it. You're like mm-hmm. this preschooler is driving you crazy, but you'll make it through the other side. Um, and I feel like you, you guys are saying that's what the community is providing you right now is people at different stages that are encouraged being people before they become mothers while they're currently mothers, how to navigate some career choices and even some success um, yeah. opportunities that give you that structure that, okay, there are other ways of doing this other ways of resetting the field. Or to tell, make up my own rules. Yeah, I just want to point on that. Like it was that was really important to both of us. Um, we, when we started the Slack channel, we had it open, basically open for all our, our thoughts. Were like, if we can get the word out as much as possible, then like you know everybody should join and hear these conversations. And but we we realized based on some feedback from the community that wasn't really that wasn't working for everybody. And but I was really adamant and keeping the 
Slack channel open for women that had not yet made a decision whether they mm-hmm. wanted to be parents or not. That was really, really important to me because this whole thing's like part of this thing and part of like my feelings for opening Mothers of Gold, it was that either or mentality. And I wanted them to be able to see like, no, there are really successful women in this mm-hmm. industry, so really great. successful women in this industry and their mothers and their parents and their caregivers and their, their, you know, just so many. And that was incredibly important to, to both me and Casey. And mm-hmm. I'm really proud of that. And I'm, I'm really proud of the, the space that we've given women in all parts of their journey, trying and not trying and thinking and whatever. And solo momming. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So I want to keep on talking. Like, I, <laughs> I have so much to learn. <laughs> but there is, I, I think we've gone beyond our usual, whatever the t- time length format is for this conversation so far. Um, so there's a couple of things that, that you've been mentioning that I need to at least get out there be, uh, before we wrap up the conversation. And one is there's clearly a Slack channel. How, do I, how would mm-hmm. somebody join your group? right now and and be part of that slack group so we put the slack we had to make a form so we do have we do ask a a question so that people can um join and if you just answer it's on the instagram channel which is mothers of mograph at the in our bio you can find the form and i've been saying mothers of motion but it's mothers of mothers of mograph yeah And I find um, it on Instagram only, or do you have a, a website that they could go to, to? Right now it's on Instagram. Our website is mothersamograph.com, which will lead you to the newsletter. It actually has all the links on it. It so does you have can, all the links. Yeah. So you can get to our Instagram, our Slack channel, the, the newsletter, um, and I think our LinkedIn, maybe. I don't, I don't remember. It's got all so. of the, it's got all of the links on that, at that That's website. That and we'll page. have that information in our show notes. And obviously if you're a member of Rev Community, you're already seen the post, but we'll make sure that's prominent as we <laughs> launch this podcast. You ladies are also part of the uh, Rev community in the Lady Bosses um, separate workout group, which has 60 business owners as part, 60 w- lady business owners as part of that breakout group. Um, so there's also some mom- momentum going on there and information in, in that breakout group as well. Um, okay, so here's the other big thing that we, we want to do for you, Rev Think. We want to have a live event. Um, and the sad thing is, is uh, trust me, this makes me really sad because I'm a total extrovert. I know mm-hmm. I can't throw it. I can't throw a ladies only event. There's there's a really weird barrier I have in making that happen. So I'm going to need your help to pulling this together. But I think what's part of this is this conversation is only one hour long and I feel like we're just getting started. And the yeah. better conversations happen at the hotel bar anyway at a live event, right? <laughs> like it's when you get to meet each other for real and walk up to Amanda Russell at, uh, at the conference and what have you. Um, could we work on that together? Could we put some together for early 2024 and find a location and get, get the women, mothers of MoGraph together? I mean, I, I'd love, I'd love to. Casey and I have never actually met in person. So <laughs> <laughs> I should introduce the two of you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we, I mean, you know, it would be, I, I would love to see as many moms as possible, but I also recognize that it's hard as mothers to get out to uh, conferences sometimes. I know from my own experience, I kind of have to pick and choose um, my opportunities. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm whatever you need. Like, we, yeah. are, we would love to have this happen. We would love to see. And we have this thing called okay. cohort dinners where we have different events in different cities. So maybe yeah. there's a few events that we can get to local places and 
it's only a few hours of dedication, but, or, you know, if you're a women business owner, shut down your business that day and then have right. everybody go. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, love I would love, yeah, I'd love it. I, yeah, it would be, Hell yeah. that would be amazing. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, come on. This is, it's been t- t- taking way too long. What I do you mean, need? Yeah. 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 No, I, I need <laughs> a, a different voice than my voice saying <laughs> this event is what I need. Yeah. I've been trying yes. to pull this together for years to get be honest well, we, but, you guys we, give me the we catalyst. are getting really good at being really loud so um, oh gosh we've yeah. pushed every comfort zone <laughs> i think jenny and i have in the last yeah. like one month <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, it like we um i've never done an instagram live before that's something we're trying to do regularly at, at our um instagram account and i have never really spoken in front of a crowd i have never <laughs> you know, gone on a podcast before. And I feel like, and, and I am very similar to like what Amanda was saying at the Adobe thing where um, I am just riddled with anxiety. So um, we have been pushing ourselves so hard and so far out of these comfort zones to, to do this. So. Well, can I, on behalf of others, thank you too, for being that voice and starting this group. I, I personally know what it's like to put yourself out there and then know and find that need, but this is just so wonderful. And uh, it's a beautiful thing of life. It's something that if you are a parent, you know how amazing it is and you don't want anything to distract you from parenthood. But you also love what you do for a living. You're gifted and talented in that area. You have every ability and and capability of still doing both things. Let's let's be realistic and, and put these priorities together. This would be awesome. So I just thank you. Thank you so much. Definitely. Thank you. We appreciate your support. It's, yeah. You've been really supportive from the beginning and I, I really appreciate it. We both really appreciate it. I have to say that like, and this is actually a really important thing that I think is, is important to get the, out there that the support and the love and like from every corner of the industry has been incredible. It was unexpected. Honestly, I was actually very scared to, and I think it's why that, that's why it took me so long to start something was I was very scared of backlash or what people might think um, that we were attacking, you know, the other side of things, but that's not at all what this mission is about. And so I was very, very scared, but the amount of men, women, business owners, like everybody who's come around and said, we want to support this initiative has it's it's been honestly insane like i could have never predicted so thank you yeah, to the well, community <laughs> yeah, definitely thank you to everyone that's supporting this and congratulations yeah, yeah. to two of you on being the catalyst to uh <laughs> make something happen it's 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 beautiful i thank from you. the minute i saw your post jenny i'm like yeah this i know is you were I you, have to. it was literally within minutes you you reached out so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a voice that's been in my head for way too many years and when you gave me the moment to to reach out and say hello to you and start uh, making something happen. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're good. Thank you both very much, Casey, Jenny, all the work that you're doing. We'll have information in the show notes. People can follow that. Um, if you're looking for more, more information, you can always go to revthink.com slash community, join community and find out information there. And of course, if you are a business owner out there and there's more information you want to have, reach out to to these two ladies and find out what you can do more to make something happen. There's obviously a lot of great, great conversation taking place and good things that we can learn. And thank you both for teaching me today. I I need to learn this. I, I want to pretend like I know everything, but I promise you there's a lot I still need to learn. And I appreciate you both giving me that time to and patience to uh, teach me this. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, thank you. 
Thanks for listening. Producing this podcast is an investment of time and money. So if you like it, please leave us feedback and tell others so that they can enjoy it as well. For more about me, Tim Thompson, or our RevThinking team, go to RevThink.com and learn more about RevThink. I want to tell you about a place to connect that you might not know about. It's our online community called Rev Community. It's a great place to get to know other creative business owners like yourself, to share some thought leadership and read other encouragement, to be challenged in this new marketplace, new technology, ideas, economic trends, and it's a place to research. Check out many of the resources we have online, our videos, and of course, this podcast. Join us today at revthink.com slash community. If you're a creative studio owner, feel free to join us today at revthink.com slash community. I look forward to seeing you there.